Veda and Vedanta are they opposed to one another part 2 the vedas and vedanta are not at variance with one another the karma kanda prepares us for vedanta or jnana kanda the former has to do with this world with many deities and its adherents are subject to the three gunas but it is the first step to go beyond the three gunas and sever oneself from worldly existence if we perform the rites laid down in the karma kanda keeping in mind their true purpose we shall naturally be qualifying for jnana kanda a question arises here the sound of the vedas and the sacrifices benefit not only the person who chants the vedas and performs the rites but benefits all creatures if such a person renounces the world and becomes a jnanin what will happen to the world and its welfare the answer is the jnanin is in an exalted state of awareness and while being in it he does not have to perform any sacrifices or other rites to ensure the good of the world his life itself is a sacrifice a yagna and through him the world will receive the lord's blessings even if he looks upon it as unreal or as a sport of the supreme being why do people flock to a jnanin why do they fall at his feet even if he keeps himself aloof from them it is because they receive his grace whether or not he wants to give any blessings the lord's grace flows into this world through him in his very presence people feel tranquil and sometimes even their worldly desires are satisfied a jnanin who realizes within that there is no deity apart from himself can give his blessings in greater measure than the deities themselves so it is wrong to think that since he does not perform sacrifices he does not do anything for the good of the world to start with we must perform the rites prescribed by the vedas but in this there must be the realization that they are but steps leading us to the higher state in which we will ultimately find bliss in ourselves a state in which there will be neither rites nor duties to perform similarly to start with the deities must be worshiped but again with the conviction that such worship serves the ultimate purpose of arriving at the point where we will recognize that the worshipper and the worshiped are one thus to begin with all differences in functions must be recognized and life lived according to them different divisions of people have different duties and the customs and rights assigned to each are such as to help them in the proper discharge of those duties but in the very process of maintaining such differences there must be the conviction within that ultimately there are no differences that all are one and the vedas must be learned and chanted even as the vedic rituals must be practiced it is because in this way we shall be led to the supreme experience of the reality in which there will be no need for these very vedas first the flowers and from them the fruit though the flower looks beautiful the fruit emerges only when it wilts or falls on earth a tree does not fruit before it flowers in the same way to plunge into vedanta without first going through a life of vedic discipline is neither wise nor in keeping with reality it is equally wrong to remain confined to the karma kanda and refuse to make an effort to acquire vedantic knowledge it is like wishing that we must have only flowers and no fruits 
There must be a sense of balance, a sense of proportion in everything we do. When Vedic rites are performed in a spirit of dedication to Ishvara, they will loosen your ties little by little instead of keeping you bound to this world. If you perform rites to please the Lord without expecting any reward, your mind will be cleansed and you will transcend the three gunas. This is the meaning and purpose of Ignya. Is not the word understood in English as sacrifice? When an offering is placed in the fire, we say, Namama. It is this attitude of self-denial that is the life and soul of a sacrificial rite. Is it possible to retrieve what has been offered in the fire? Even if it were, it would soon disintegrate. In this way, you must reduce your ego sense to ashes, also your possessiveness. One who performs a sacrifice without being conscious of such high ideals, but with the purpose of petty gains like ascending to paradise, is he not a fool? There is no contradiction between the Karmakanda and Jnanakanda. In the Karmakanda itself, Jnana is given an elevated place and the limitations of karma are mentioned. The underlying idea is that we must graduate from the one to the other. Karma, however, is not the goal of the Vedas. You must go beyond the stage of performing Vedic rituals even if they be for such a noble purpose as that of creating welfare in the world, cleansing your consciousness and propitiating the deities. You must rise higher to the plane where you will realize that nothing other than the Paramatman exists that the phenomenal world is unreal, that there are no entities called deities with an independent existence of their own and that there is no I. When you come to this state, there will be no need for the Vedas too for you. This is stated in the Veda themselves. Sri Gurubhyo Namaha